This is John Seals from Disaster Recovery Journal. Before today's bonus episode, I wanted to ask if you would take part in our listener survey. The link is listed in our show notes and on social media. If you fill out the survey by Thursday, October 7th, you will be entered in a drawing for free attendance to next week's DRJ Fall 2021 A Virtual Experience. Attendance will be capped at 1,000, but we're holding 10 seats for those of you who are filling out our podcast survey. Now, on with the show. Welcome to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast, brought to you by Asphalus Advisors and the Disaster Recovery Journal. Crisis management in today's world is an ever-changing environment, and this podcast is our commitment to helping you navigate and have successful outcomes for any crisis you face. I'm your host, Vanessa Matthews. I'm a specialist in providing insights and solutions for crisis, continuity, and resilience across industries. No matter what industry you're in, this podcast will provide you the tools to build resilience in your organization. Welcome back to another episode of Business Resilience Decoded Podcast. Today, we're gonna be talking with Margaret Millett on the topic of leadership and all the things that she's been able to learn throughout her career journey. But before we get started, I wanted to share with you a few resilience reminders and resources. The Disaster Recovery Journal hosts webinars every week and the upcoming topics are found on their website. You can register at the link in our show notes. And as Fallis News, please check out the Road to Resilience programs on updates and opportunities, as well as upcoming speaking engagements that listeners can attend. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we would be so grateful if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps our listeners find us, and it also lets us know that you're getting value from today's podcast. So let's dive right into our episode. Our guest today is a great friend, Margaret Millett. She is the Global Resilience Senior Manager with Uber. And the title of our podcast today is Sound Practices for Leadership. Margaret, how you doing? Vanessa, thank you for having me come on to the podcast today. I'm so looking forward to spending some quality time with you. I'm looking forward to it. I um, Just so you guys know, I really wanted to chat with Margaret today about leadership, just what she's learned, what she, um, what some of her challenges may have been as she's just evolved her career in this profession. And I couldn't think of a better person to have this conversation with. Typically, I would ask our guests, how did you get into the field of resilience? But what I'm going to ask you is, who is Margaret? Who is Margaret? Wow. Uh, that's a Kind of a loaded question. Um, Margaret is actually a very compassionate person who's been doing business continuity and leading teams for over 25 years. And I, I think the thing that people say to me is, why have I stayed in this profession? And I always say this, I have a passion for it. And I could have gone and done cybersecurity or gone on to do enterprise risk management. But because I got in at the ground level and have paid back on the profession by volunteering with various organizations like DRI, BCI, DRJ, Continuity Insights. I want to make sure that this profession continues to grow and has future leadership in the role. And so therefore, Margaret Millett wants to make sure that uh, we have future leaders and tries to bring people up through the bootstraps too, of making sure that they have what they need in order to be successful. Awesome. Yeah, I I think we're at a, a continuity of leadership, a bit of an crisis here in our country on many levels. And so I'm all about making sure that we are going back to make sure that we're training people to effectively lead. Because at the end of the day, you have to have leadership to do anything. Like it, it cannot all just, just be tactical. <laughs> You're so right, Vanessa. And, and I think the thing is, is you've got to give people that opportunity. 
in my career, I've actually had the opportunity to work with college interns at various organizations and show them that we didn't bring you on board just to do data entry into an Excel spreadsheet. We brought you on board because we feel that you have a skill that we have a void for, and we wanna make sure that you have an opportunity to grow because um, data entry is important. However, uh, that's not what you want somebody doing eight hours out of the day. And so show them what they need for their toolkit in order to be successful, train them, make sure you sit with them, whether it be an intern or a new hire, because the other thing I've always done is taken people who might not have had any business continuity management experience and bring them on board, show them what they need to do in order to run those successful meetings, sit with them, provide the guidance that they need in order to run those meetings, and then let them know, you've got it, you're good, you're going solo, go for it. And that's what you need to do with people. Absolutely. So before we get into some of our questions about the practicality of leadership, can you give us a little bit of perspective in terms of your portfolio and your scope as a uh, resilient senior manager with Uber? Sure. Um, I'm fellow relatively new to Uber. Um, right now, I am collaborating with my colleagues and um, EHS facilities as well as the regional security management team, crisis management, and IT to make sure that we have sound business continuity management practices at Uber. Partnerships. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I have to say, um, this is one thing that if you are not a people person in this profession, you're gonna have a challenge because it's trying to find out who's got the data, who can you work with to make the program successful because there are so many components to running a business continuity management program and so many people that you need to work with within the organization to have a well-rounded program. So um, we often meet people that uh, share that their experiences, that, that it's just a major challenge for them to grow their career in business continuity, crisis management, resilience, and even the emergency management profession. But obviously you figured something out. <laughs> so, so my question is, what did you do to grow, to sharpen your tools and your toolkit to achieve whatever you might define as success? Uh, great question, Vanessa. And I think some of it, it's like you own your own destiny. So you got to put yourself in charge of where you want to go with your career. And some of that is taking that first step. And I feel part of that is volunteering so that you get known. And then there are many avenues within the business continuity management profession for you to go volunteer, whether it's volunteering at your local ACP chapter or volunteering at um, DRJ, um, offering to speak at a conference. Um, there are many things that you can go do to help build your career. And I think the other thing is because you own your own career at your own organization, Make sure that when you go into your weekly one-on-ones or however often you meet with your manager, ask that question of what do I need to do in order to uh, make you look good? Um, what's the feedback you've been hearing about me from my peers and your peers? And what do I need to do in order to get to that next level within the organization? Because uh, for example, if you are not strong on public speaking and that is some feedback that you hear from your manager, well, there are many organizations that offer Dale Carnegie or Toastmasters. Get yourself enrolled in one of those types of classes or whatever that skill set is that you need 
And I also think that getting certified um, and whatever you want to have to be your niche within your profession is beneficial um, because it shows that you can demonstrate the common knowledge of what is required in order for you to implement that type of program in your organization. So it starts with you. It does. So I, my motto at our company at Asphalus is we want the right people in the right seats doing the right things. And I believe that in order to build a high performing team, you have to have accountability. So we work across retail, healthcare, nonprofit organizations, and many of those leaders that we're working with are wondering, how do I build the appropriate structure so that I have a high-performing team? So my understanding is that you've led some pretty amazing teams in the past, and many of which are very highly regarded and have received numerous awards. What have you found? Like, what's your top two or three things that you like, look, these are my practical keys for how to build a high performing team. Well, one, don't get people who are a carbon copy of you because you need to have varying opinions and minds and strategies that they bring to the table. Um, so be open-minded and get a good panel of people to do the interviewing when you're looking at potential candidates. I think the other thing, Vanessa, even before COVID, be human, um, put yourself in the shoes of an individual. I can honestly say that um, at the end of my life, I don't care what I've done at any of the organizations that I have worked at. It's the time that I spent with my family and friends. And so when I've had staff that have had life-changing events taking place, I tell them, get out of here. You'll, they, they've heard me say this, what are you doing in the office if you're uh, about to you know, have a child or you've got a loved one that's not in good health? Like we have this technology today, regardless of where we live today, prior to COVID, to have you go work anywhere. And I think that even with COVID, you have to remember that we don't need to be in the traditional Monday through Friday, nine to five. If you need somebody that needs to come on to log in from say 6.30 to eight, and then has to stop to do childcare, um, so be it. Take care of your family. You're still doing work. It's not Monday through Friday, nine to five. It's however you get the job done. And that shows that you are successful. And that's what it makes you accountable is that you get your goals and objectives completed no matter when and where, as long as they get done. I love that. So um, I was reflecting today and two years ago, I was ready to quit my business, like just done. And my husband used to always tell me embrace the suck. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> I don't want to hear that because <laughs> it really sucks. <laughs> And so today, one of my colleagues on our team posted an article in our Slack channel, and it talked about the resilience of business owners. Mm -hmm. And one of the pieces in the article talked about, again, sometimes you just have to embrace the suck and just you don't do. quit. You do. And so in my opinion, the past two years, we're currently in 2021 and Q3, depending on what your quarters are. <laughs> and we've learned a lot. We've seen a lot in our country. A lot has been great and a lot has not been so great. Mm -hmm. And so I want to know from you, what challenged your leadership style in the past two years? Oh, great question, Vanessa. I think the things that have challenged leadership for everyone is the hours. Um, I think that people sometimes forgot that we need a break just because you don't have to worry about the commute or that lunch is 10 feet away in the kitchen uh, that you need to remember that we are still human and that we need to step away. 
Um, I think that we all probably had Zoom fatigue at the beginning. I remember it was like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't see you. So Vanessa, let's do a happy hour or uh, let's do whatever. And then I, I was getting to the point like, what did I say to everybody? Because I was feeling like I didn't want to repeat myself. So it, it's that. And then it's also just letting people know that they have a voice. So do those virtual coffee hours with people um, on the team and just ask how they're doing and make it human. I mean, we don't need to talk about, you know, the objectives that we need to accomplish between now and the end of the year all the time. Sometimes it is, is like, hey, you know, uh, you know, there's a virtual something going on or, you know, here in Raleigh, North Carolina, a couple of weeks ago, we had these fields of sunflowers. It's just talk about what we can do to make life enjoyable, knowing that we are still navigating this and that also we have a lot going on, not only COVID, but we've had, you know, fires and hurricanes and earthquakes. We got to just make sure that people have a moment to themselves um, and that they can step away and that life is still all about you and your family first. I love that. So last question for you, okay. based on what you've learned and those changes, challenges, observations, what have you started to do? What have you stopped doing? And what have you decided to continue to do? So I think the thing that I've stopped doing, Vanessa, is worrying about the past and worrying about the future. Just live for today. Because, you know, what you might have done in the past was great. Maybe reflect on it, but don't get hung up on it. And, you know, we can't worry about what's going to happen six months from today because nobody knows what six months from today is going to look like. So live for today. Um, I think the other thing is just keep remembering that change is the one constant in this life. And so therefore keep that in the forefront of your mind that you have to be agile, whether it be in business continuity management, because for example, when I started, the big focus was disaster recovery. And you know, here we are getting ready for the 20th anniversary of 9-11. I look at how much my profession has changed in 20 years. And so therefore, that's why I'm saying, don't get hung up on what it was. Or I, I always say this to people, people are like, why is it the disaster recovery journal? I'm like, well, when it was started back in the day, that was the term that was properly used. If um, Bob Arnold was starting the magazine today, it would have a totally different name to it. But you know, you stick with what you started your name with because that's the name that carries with people today. And I think the other thing is just remember that you have to stop and listen to what people are saying because if there's a concern about something, you need to start and factor that into your management style and making sure that whether you're hearing that from your teams or from your leadership and start and incorporate that into how you lead. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Vanessa. It's been great <laughs> chatting with you. I look forward to doing it again. And I look forward to doing this in person with you sometime in hopefully 2022. I know, right? So that was our podcast, Sound Practices for Leadership. Thank you for listening to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast brought to you by Asphalus Advisors and the Disaster Recovery Journal. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode to see all the upcoming events, programs, and ways that we can support you in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a review and share it with a friend or a colleague if you got value from today's episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you at the next episode. <laughs>